Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. a week <laughs> how are yeah. you pretty good pretty good you know me too life. living life behind doors quarantine vax waiting for vaccination realness yes yes so last week uh, i dared you to write a story about australia mm-hmm. and have you delivered uh, yes, I have something to deliver and something to show for myself. I will say that it's, you know how we, you've said this before, where we're like, take the theme and then try to make it as like, not really about the theme as possible with still having the theme in it. Yes, <laughs> we do it so well. <laughs> this definitely applies here. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but it's a fun one. It's super, super silly. Great. I love it. I feel like in particular I get I tend to go very depressed or emo. Mm-hmm. So I love it. This is going to be super silly and uh we need super silly right now. Yes. I'm yeah. Let's let's get into the laughs. <laughs> Do you want to just read it now? <laughs> Yeah, that, that was such a short intro. I know you like started talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we could try to do a different. I don't know. There's just not many updates, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't quarantine. know how much you want to talk about your writing success on our writing podcast, but you are pitching at a network I, I next week. I am. I have a pitch next week. So let me just talk about Cassie's successes on her own writing podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I probably should have pushed it a couple weeks, but I've decided to just hunker down and uh, finish it up. Because um, I have a really good idea of everything in this. Because um, I wrote the script and and I'm working on the Bible right now. And I will have a lot of time to do art for it, but I think most writers, when they pitch, they don't really have art for their stuff. They might have, like, tonal inspiration photos or something, but... Is that yeah. true? Because, you know, like, putting together me and Jared's pilot pitch stuff, like, is it chill to just have... Yeah, like inspiration clip art, not clip art, but like <laughs> Google image search. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I'll tell you after next Friday <laughs> when okay. I go, I guess. Yes. I, I've seen a whole bunch of different things, but like, I don't, like I can draw, but I'm not a great artist, you know? So mm-hmm. whatever I do would get redrawn. But I mean, like Steven Hillenberger, Oh, Steven Hillenberg? I think it's Steven Hillenberg, uh, the creative Spongebob. He uh, he did do artwork for his pitch of Spongebob, and it was super charming. You Like, and the designs are, 
I feel like the character is there and they kept that in the in the TV versions. Mm-hmm. But I think like I feel like I saw Sasha Paladino's uh pitch for um Miles at some point. Okay. And it was just writing, you know. But he'd also right. had a relationship with Disney prior to pitching that, so maybe he didn't have to do all that development art first mm. because of that. So I don't know. Is the question because it's like we could pay an artist to do a bunch of stuff, but if we don't have to do that, these are things to worry about for the future. They are. I I think I will do some art this weekend, but it'll just be like a couple characters, um, the main three, uh, well, just so that. I focus on the like the bulk of the stuff and not just what it looks like. I think you should definitely do art because you're like obviously a main amazing artist. So mm. you should utilize and show off your talents, both of your talents in this one pitch. And I'm not saying do all the art. Like don't do like backgrounds and everything. But yeah, I think a few characters in your pen would be cute. Mm, thanks. Okay, maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I'll work on paper because I'm a, a much faster traditionally than I am on the uh, yeah. Procreate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm nervous about it. So maybe I'm overthinking a lot of things and like no one like pitches the same either. So I feel like there's probably different studios and different execs that like certain things mm-hmm. and different creatives who pitch different ways. So it's just finding what works for me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I feel so young in the career that I'm just nervous to try anything. I think it's gonna be, great. but I'm excited for Friday. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm pitching a preschool show. Woo! Coming <laughs> soon to your streaming service. I don't know why. I don't know what she where she's pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's going, okay. I'm gonna mute myself, and then you can start. I heard it before I saw it. I heard it scurry. I was getting ready to go to dinner and I was making sure my cat eye eyeliner was looking especially cat-like. This guy liked cats. Well, he had a picture of a cat on one of his Tinder pics, so I figured he liked cats. He'll like cat eyes. Look, I'm just trying to get some affection and intimacy out in this cold, cold world. Anyway, I'm perfecting the wing of the eyeliner when I hear the scurry. I don't quite see it in the mirror, but I do see something run past on the floor. I stop and turn slowly to look around. Nothing is there. Nothing is anywhere. My roommate told me when I moved in, my room was probably haunted And after what happened the next few hours, I honestly would have preferred a ghost. With trepidation, I went back to my makeup. I finished off the tip of the wing on my eyeliner and closed my eyes. I always do this thing where I close my eyes when I finish my look and then open them again to try and see it with new eyes. Does it work? Not really. So I open my eyes, ready to see the astounding glamazon I have transformed myself into. But when I do, sitting on my mirror, right in the middle of my face, is a creature. 
What I can only describe as part mouse, cricket, tarantula, scorpion, and wasp glared at me from atop my own reflection. Did I wake up in Australia? Only creatures of this size and crypto horror variety live there. How did this thing travel all the way across the ocean? And why did it choose me to terrorize? I screamed and threw my eyeliner at it and ran out of my bathroom. I knocked over what I have referred to as before as my pre-sex candle, which also knocked over my glass bottle of what I referred to as my sexy time prep perfume. Yes, I was trying to get laid. The perfume bottle broke and the flames caught and made a cute trail of blue flame running from my bathroom into my bedroom and eventually setting my childhood stuffed lion Lancelot ablaze. In the chaos, I took a millisecond to think to myself how many times I've lit up cigarettes or pipes or bongs or joints while wearing pounds of that same perfume. The fact I haven't found myself fully engulfed in blue flames before is a miracle. The next millisecond was me grabbing my heaviest coat on my coat rack and slamming it down on those flames until they went out. It's strange when silence is the sound of chaos. I probably didn't make a peep this whole time, but once I had the flames out with no burn casualties except for the entire right side of poor Lancelot, I stood there sweating and breathing heavily, my perfect eyeliner ruined and running down my face. This demon spawn was messing with the wrong bitch. I grabbed my heaviest black boot from my still sometime goth phase and got ready for combat. This boot has crushed countless spiders under its heel. It ain't scared of no hell beast. I looked around everywhere, under everything, nooks and crannies. My room was upside down and inside out by the time I caught my reflection in a mirror and saw what could only be described as a half raccoon, due to the eyeliner now smudged all around my eyes, half woman. My hair poofed from the humidity I produced in my sweaty mania. Definitely missed my dinner. Definitely not going to get laid tonight. Definitely will have to sleep in the living room because my room is infested with one of the minions of the underworld. I sighed deeply and sat down on the edge of my bed. It didn't matter. There would always be another boy. There would always be more dick. There would always be another perfect cat-eye wing. Maybe the creature was actually a blessing in disguise. Maybe I was saved from some horrible fate if I had gone out. I looked outside to be sure. The evening was gorgeous. Cool, but not cold. The perfect LA night. I checked the news. No crazy accidents or fires or murders. Nothing trending on Twitter to indicate something caused the untimely demise of dozens of people at the place in Venice Beach where I was supposed to meet him. No tsunamis. No sudden sharks with legs attacks. Suddenly, the front door opened and my roommate Bonnie came in smiling and laughing with a guy. Well, I'm glad someone is going to get some in this house tonight. I peeked out of my room and froze when I saw the guy she was with. He was the guy I was supposed to be with. I hit again and couldn't believe it. I mean, she did say she was going to Venice Beach tonight too, but... Ugh! I listened to them talk between makeout sessions. He did love cats. He had two! One was named Elvira, and one was named Lancelot. He was funny and sweet, 
And from the many seconds of lip smacking, he sounded like a great kisser. I couldn't believe it. He was the perfect guy. And now my basic roommate was going to fall for him. And I'd have to see him all the time. And I'd be invited to this stupid wedding. And I'll still be alone, still holding this large black boot. I looked down at the boot in my hand. And out of the dark abyss inside came crawling out the creature. Suddenly, I became enraged with the fire of a thousand hates and disbeliefs and ran out of my room, slamming against the wall and knocking myself to the ground, almost knocking myself out. Bonnie screamed, and Mr. Perfect stood gaping as he watched the creature scurry from the dropped boot and out the open front door. Bonnie came over quickly to help me out. My head was swimming, but I cheered with joy. What the fuck, she said. Are you okay? Did you see that? Did you see that fucking monster I've been hunting all night? It's a creature from hell. The lowest of the low. The most evil specimen to ever exist. My date, turned my roommate's date, could barely keep himself from laughing. That? <laughs> that was a Jerusalem cricket. They're very common in this part of California. That thing? That monster from a 1960s science fiction movie is called a Jerusalem cricket? My roommate chimed in. Yeah, but funnily enough, they're not even crickets. Or from Jerusalem. I put my hand to my forehead and wasn't even phased when I saw I was bleeding. I knew I probably should go to the hospital. I definitely had a concussion. Before I passed out, I looked at Mr. Would-have-been-mine right in the eyes. I had one very important point to make. Jerusalem cricket. Man. Anti-Semitism in this town is pervasive. Mr. Cute Guy smiled and nodded. It's fucked up, right? And the last thing I remember was him rushing forward as the world began to black out. He caught me and looked at me closely. His eyebrows furrowed. Wait. Weren't you supposed to be my date tonight? Okay, that's all. <laughs> the end. I love the way you describe shit. Uh, so especially in the beginning, like the whole like close my eyes to then see my new look thing. I think like I'm not a person that wears makeup often and I totally get this anyways. <laughs> Just like closing your eyes to, to get a new perspective. Like that's really fun. Um, and I particularly liked it in this. What did you say? Yeah, I do that all the time. If I'm like... If I just put on makeup on, I, like, literally look away from my mirror, wait, like, 10 seconds, and then look back to try and see. I think that's brilliant. Because, <laughs> I mean, you've been looking at your face this entire time putting the stuff on to then look away and get a clean slate and then look back. Then you could get, yeah, you're no longer in the process. You're like, this is the finished masterpiece. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> um, and the creature in the middle of your face is freakish like right. I, I can't remember all the things you mentioned like mouse tarantula snake and just to call them crypto horror I thought was funny <laughs> like have okay but, so but that have, was the Jerusalem cricket like that yes. have you ever seen a Jerusalem cricket no I haven't so let me google it real quick yeah, google it really quick there I have a true story that this was inspired by Okay, because that was going to be my next question. Is it, have you seen one? And what is the story behind that? Yeah, so I'm going to, like, look at what they look like. 
really quick. Okay, I see it, and now I am present. Okay, so they're awful. They're so scary. When you first see them, you're like, because they're huge. Like, you don't, they're fucking ginormous. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was walking my dog one night in, on my street. And this was, like, in January. And I, uh, we walked by this, like, um, one of my neighbor's uh, driveways. And I saw it and at first I thought it was like a toy or something like I didn't think it was an like an organic creature and I pulled my dog away because it moved its leg and I was like oh fuck no so I moved my dog away made sure he he didn't even see it because he's like kind of dumb so he didn't even see it um but if um if he had, he would have been like, what is that? I have to look at it. We have to be friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so I was looking at it and I was watching it for like like a couple minutes. And I literally probably just stood there. And if anyone had seen me like just staring at this creature, I was like probably making like vomit faces at it. And I was so upset and I took a picture of it as close as I could get because I was like standing like six feet away because, you know, COVID. Um, And I took a picture and I sent it to my boyfriend. I was like, what is this creature from hell? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen something like that before. And uh, I hated it so much. So then the next day I was walking Ricky in the morning, my dog, and um, the creature had been smooshed um, under a car tire or something, but it's like dead smooshed body was like right where I left it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It like probably died like immediately after I saw it. And, um, and I was like, good. Die in a fire, bitch. You know, cause I like, literally, oh my gosh. I thought it was like literally a crypto creature. Like I didn't think it was like I was like, this was horrifying. I live in Australia, apparently. And then um, my friend's boyfriend, I showed a picture of it to him one day when I was we were talking about it. And he was like, oh, that's a Jerusalem cricket. <laughs> and I was like, what is? <laughs> and then he told me about them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like a totally like common thing that's in L.A. that people probably see every day. And, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, literally flipped the fuck out over it. Um, which is fair. It's, like, you know, it's, like, flipping out if you have a big spider in your house, you know. But, because um, it's nasty as fuck. But I, so that was kind of my inspiration because when you dared me Australia, I was, like, thinking about all the creatures there and how I, like, often say that I don't ever want to go there because of the scary spiders and big ass bugs that are there and um then it reminded me of this jerusalem cricket i found one night and then like i kind of felt started feeling bad that he died the night that i saw him and then i was like i'm the hell beast you know yeah definitely (laughs) that's the backstory yeah i love it i i like that you got this really um 
fun but dark <laughs> short story out of that experience. Yeah, and then the girl, I mean, she's a very um typical character that I write. There she's very like kooky and weird and like overtly emotional and responds to things ridiculously and I write it I write that type of female character a lot, I feel like. Um you write uh, it really well. But I also feel like there's like a difference to this one. Like you've gotten more specific with her. Like when you say like pre-sex candle, sexy time yeah. for and like I feel like those kind of details mm-hmm. like you have a clear sense of her point of view as a person. And I feel like that's like pushing what you normally do even further, you know? Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's like definitely like um, it. I was picturing, I don't know, went back when I was single and, you know, hoeing it up. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> basically, she's me then, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't. I might not be as crazy as she is in real life, like when actually put to the test, but that's where it kind of came from, like who I was back then before I like, you know, found uh, my partner and stuff like that. So, (laughs) Um, but it was also kind of fun to like relive that like mindset, you know, of like, I'm about to go meet this guy and hopefully (laughs) get laid tonight. (laughs) Yeah, and I also like the moment when, like, your childhood stuff goes up in blue flames. I felt like that was symbolic mm-hmm. for what you just described, even, where, like, you're exploring this new sexuality that you have and mm-hmm. jumping into dating, right? So, mm-hmm. like, that's, I feel like that was very symbolic to put in there. And it's interesting to think that the roommate is her in the future, um, who probably doesn't have any childhood stuff in her room anymore. At least it's evolved somehow. Wait, her roommate? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, you didn't write that. I'm just imagining. Oh, you're just like, oh, okay. Okay, I like I'm that. adding I to your yeah, world. No, I like that. But I, I do have to say, I just love that the perfume was like uh, danger the entire time. <laughs> and she had been wearing it, like not even thinking about what like could happen to her totally. and yeah. that felt a little symbolic too because <laughs> I feel like you kind of roll the dice when you go and meet strangers right I'm sure or like go on dates with people yeah. you barely know well she's definitely living a lifestyle and like I was a little too back in those days of like yeah rolling the dice kind of just doing whatever the fuck because it feels good um but not really thinking about the implications or like oh maybe I should think about this or what this means before I do it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's a very growing up thing for someone, a young adult. Um, yeah. And I do have a lion named Lancelot in real life, but he's not a childhood toy, but I do have one. Oh, I love it. I love how jealous she gets of the roommate's date. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was fun. Is Mr. Cute Guy, like, based on anything? No. I mean, I just thought it would be funny if, like, so, like, um, basically she sits on the bed and she, like, tries to think of, like, okay, what's the silver lining of this situation? I miss my day. I'm all, I'm a mess. My room is a mess. There's an unknown creature somewhere in my room. The silver lining is maybe I missed, maybe I missed some catastrophe. Maybe I 
like was saved from some crazy thing. Um, and something I didn't put, but I was like, I guess hoping it was implied that he, maybe this guy was not for me or we would have had a terrible time. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when none of that is true, and in fact, the very same guy that she was supposed to meet comes home with her roommate and he's amazing. Like, it's just like, no, you just got fucked by life. Mm -hmm. That's just what happened you know yeah um so yeah i didn't consider that it i i think i was too in love with time travel (laughs) that i (laughs) forgot like the presentness of the actual story yeah i see it now Mm -hmm. dang so yeah it's kind of a circle in that way it's a loop of like okay i'm trying to figure out i'm trying to you know make myself feel better but in the end it's just like no you just had a really bad night and um but it kind of ends on a positive note because a little bit you can interpret it as positive where like maybe like who says that he ends up with the roommate still he could still end mm-hmm. up with her, you know yeah and or maybe he is kind of the worst and she was saved that of being with someone who's not great um but yeah it's very up in there but I wanted it to be kind of a very present story. We're all mm-hmm. like, gotcha. all feeling things in a in a very present moment. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. It was fun to write. Yeah, yeah, it sounded fun to write because it's fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I'm gonna. No, uh, we have a guest next week. <gasps> we have a guest next week. Next week's guest is my friend Valerie Vasillas. Yeah, uh, she's a sketch com- comedy person, screenwriter. Uh, she's super fun, super funny. You're gonna love her, and I hope the audience will love her too. Um, but I can't wait to hear what she has written. Uh, we didn't give her a theme or anything. We just said whatever you want to write and come on the show and let us enjoy. <laughs> awesome! I can't wait to hear what she's got. I can't wait to meet her. So we'll catch you cool cats next week. (laughs) Don't spill your pre-sex perfume. This episode of the Jamie's Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at Bits of Jam Podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit our first drafts, that you'll be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.